Hello and welcome. It's a real privilege to be here with Dr. Peggy Roth from the Leesman Index. The Leesman Index is the only and world-leading employee satisfaction or employee experience survey. Peggy is the Chief Insight and Research Officer, which means that she is in charge of bringing together all that amazing data and then bringing it forward in ways that people can understand and, and use in their own businesses. Peggy's passionate about the way that great buildings make happy people and then great business. Your work, it's such a big benchmark in the sector. Thank you for inviting me. As you said, what we focus on measuring the experience that employees have of their places of work. And, and why is this really important? Well, I think we can take a step back to say that employee experience overall is really crucial. It's commonly said that the employees are an organization's most important resource. I tend to disagree with that. I don't think that employees are the most important resource. I think the employees are the organization uh, as such. So if you take the employees out of an organization, you have nothing left. So how they experience things is going to be absolutely crucial for the success of that organization. How I would define employee experience is that it's all the different touch points that an employee has with the organization. We know the environment has a big impact on how we feel and behave and interact and, and so forth. And it's no different in an office workplace. And therefore, we can say that it, it's almost common sense that to have a good office environment, to provide that to your employees is going to be crucial for any organization to really be successful and, and, and thrive. We've been measuring how employees experience their office environments for about 11 years now. We've collected about 840,000 responses to our standardized Leesman office survey. And things that we can pull out from that data is that in the average workplace, about 64% of employees say that their environment enables them to work productively. So it's more than half, but then it does leave 36% who say that their environment doesn't enable them to work productively. And inevitably, that's going to have an impact on how they're able to perform. If the environment doesn't enable them to work productively, then they're not able to work, work productively. It, is it that it actively stops them or is it just that they feel it could be better? There are, are probably different ranges of that. So a proportion of, of the environments that we have measured are actually providing a really outstanding experience. We have a recognition program or certification program for workplaces that get a certain score and they get Leesman Plus certified. Those workplaces are really working as a catalyst for the organization. That productivity number that I mentioned is on average 78% in the Leesman Plus workplaces, which is naturally quite a lot higher already than, than the 64 in the average workplace. If an average workplace is an enabler workplace, it, it enables people perhaps to do what they're meant to be doing, but it's a lost opportunity for the organization to really utilize the environment to really support the employees in how they work and be at their best. But we do also see workplaces that we would call obstructor workplaces, where essentially pretty much everything that they try to do is in some way obstructed or stopped. It's like driving over one speed bump after the other during your workday. We, we see workplaces from everything that is really not supporting anything that employees do to workplaces that perhaps may be good at supporting something but not something else. So you may be able to do individual work, but there's not really any places for collaboration or the other way around. The organisations that commission those studies, presumably they realise there's a problem or why do they ask you to do that? We work with organisations who 
have, for example, already decided they're going to do some sort of workplace change, they're going to refurbish, that they're going to relocate, and they do our, our survey as a pre-assessment in order to get a baseline measurement and to collect information that will help and inform the design process, then they would most often do a post-occupancy as well in order to be able to compare and really see what difference it had on the outcome. But we also work with organizations who may do it much earlier. They may be doing it to decide whether or not they need to do something. We also work with organizations who do the measurement as an annual assessment to ensure that the environment is as good now as it was maybe a year ago and then two years before. Because the experience that we have of our environment constantly changes, even if the environment doesn't change. And therefore, it's important to, to keep measuring and making sure that our environment is still doing what it's meant to be doing. So we have the pleasure of working with a number of organizations that do the measurement once a year in order to make sure that their workplaces are still doing what, what they're meant to be doing. Is it sector differences in those who are doing well? No, not really. Even if we look at the Leesman Plus certified workplaces, they come from all different sectors all around the world, different parts or different corners of the globe. So you can't really say that a specific sector generally doing poorly or generally doing well. We get good scores and bad scores within all sectors. And sometimes we get good scores and, and not so good scores within the same organization. They'll have some offices where they have already done some changes and perhaps have, have a new concept while they may have still some offices where they haven't really done any sort of updates in a long time. For example, in a pre-assessment, only 40 or 50% of your employees said that they can work productively or that the environment enables them to work productively. And then post-occupancy, you've got 80% saying that I can work productively. That really quantifies what, what an impact all those efforts have had. Does it ever go the other way around? It's very rare. It depends on the starting point. If, if you start with an outstanding workplace already, and then you're relocating because a lease expired. Of course, there could be the risk that you're not able to create the, the same sort of outstanding experience in the new one. So sometimes, even if it doesn't go the other way around, it may not bring the improvements that you were expecting. So we can see that employee satisfaction is directly related to changes in the workplace. Are there particular types of change that make the biggest difference? If we do a comparison between the average office and the, the outstanding offices. I would say that the variety of different types of space is one thing that we, we see as a key element. Quite a lot of new workplaces emphasize creating a multitude of, of different types of spaces that offer employees the ability to choose where best to perform individual activities. And we do see that when you really nail that variety, that's one key element of creating an outstanding experience. Otherwise, generally, if we look at the best workplaces typical of them is that they are open environments, or at least not typically your cellular offices with long corridors and individual offices, but with the variety of spaces. So by all means, they would probably have some phone booths and quiet areas for focused, quiet work and, and so forth, but more open environments, essentially. I read a wonderful article you wrote about open plan offices. It's become a truism to say, oh, open plan is horrible, but it sounds as though there are ways in which you can manage an open feeling and also have pockets of activity that are quiet. Open plan, it's a very broad concept. They can be good and they can be bad. The, the worst case scenario is a massive open plan environment with rows and rows of identical desks and really poor acoustics and poor lighting. There may be a few meeting rooms around, but, but that's pretty much it. 
compare that to an environment that is nicely designed, that has a variety of different spaces and settings. And if you're about to collaborate with someone, there's a space for that. And if you need to focus, there's a space for that. And if you need to speak on the phone, there's a space for that. And both of those are open environments. So it really depends on how it's been designed. Perhaps we could talk about the impact of lighting and daylighting in people's satisfaction. It's challenging to kind of really pinpoint what is exactly the impact of, of, for example, lighting on the final outcome. But what we can draw from our data is over 70% of employees who say natural light is important. More than 60%, I think 62% to be exact, say that office lighting is uh, important. And if we look at the, the satisfaction scores with those two elements in the average office, they sit around 60%. So 59% are happy with the natural light in their workplace and 61% is, uh, is satisfied with the, the office light. And then if we look at the best workplaces, they have scores around 75% satisfaction. So we do see that good lighting and natural light is a part of, of a, a workplace that creates a better experience. To pinpoint down what proportion of that is due to lighting is I, I'd say probably practically impossible, but we still see that the better workplaces do also get higher satisfaction scores with natural light and, and, and with office light. So if employees feel more satisfied, can you say what difference that makes to business performance? It's impossible to control for all the elements that actually impact on that. If we were to have measured an airline, how, how they did in 2020 compared to 2019, the numbers crashing probably didn't have anything to do with the workplace. So it's really difficult to really quantify, but good lighting is an important part of an outstanding workplace and an outstanding workplace has an impact on business performance. As you said, it's not a resource, it actually is the organization. I was wondering about attracting and retaining employees. Do you have a sense of that? Absolutely. When we go through the results with each of our clients, we look at how different employee groups have perceived their workplace, especially based on length of service. We typically see that those who are new to an organization have the best experience and then the experience starts decreasing. We also typically see that it's more common that younger employees have a better experience of the workplace compared to their older colleagues. If that's not the case, we usually flag that to the organization to say, your newest employees should be full of energy and on their honeymoon period in a new role with a new organization. If they're not experiencing that your workplace is outstanding, then have a think about how that's really impacting on their first impression of the organization. Have a think, how does that impact on how you can attract new younger talent? If, if the young talent that you have already don't experience your workplace to be good, certainly the workplace is a part of the impact on an employee's experience. And an employee's experience is what's going to be determining how they're performing and if, if they want to stay. So you mentioned the need to keep your young employees feeling excited and bushy-tailed about being in this new space with new colleagues and a new role. What about thinking about a more inclusive workplace for older people, for people with other sorts of learning styles, people who aren't neurotypical? What can the workplace do? What do you know about how other parts of the organisation might be surviving or not in the workplace? I draw back to what we talked about variety and a variety of different types of settings does mean that you're giving employees choice depending on their personal preferences and their personal circumstances and so forth. For a long time, we've said one size or one solution doesn't fit all. And I think 
really a way to create an inclusive workplace is to create an environment where the employee can tailor and customize their environment depending on their needs and and preferences and perhaps even your personal mood at the time if we think of for example noise it's something that you may sometimes be more sensitive towards noise and well some people are more sensitive to noise than others but also the same person can be more sensitive if if you're really tired for example so having a variety of different types of settings and environments really helps kind of every employee craft their own best workplace do you feel the Leesman Plus badge is something that potential employees are looking for when they're scanning the job opportunities? I hope they would do that because the certification is really based on the people who matter most, the employees themselves. So it's not a certification that is based on an external expert or jury who has said, we think this is a good workplace. It's purely based on the op- opinions of potentially your future colleagues. So that certification is almost a guarantee to say that your potential future colleagues find the environment really works for the organization and for them. So if I was looking for a new employer, I would be looking at what sort of an environment is is on offer. And, And I think employees are going to start looking at what are the possibilities to work flexibly now as a result of the pandemic. So I think Employees have high expectations and expectations on the workplace is certainly one of them. We've seen in the 180,000 responses that we've collected since a year back that on average, the experience working from home has been quite good. We can say that the average home is better at supporting work, even though it was designed for living, compared to how well the average office supports work, even though that was actually designed for working. So people have a new benchmark. Now, keep in mind, it does not apply to everyone. So we do see that more than 20% um, of employees have reported a fairly poor experience working from home. But nonetheless, on average, it's, it's been fairly good. And for any organization who wants employees to still work in, in an office some part of, of, of their time, it's going to be really crucial to create environments that people want to come to because If the experience that you would have in the office is way poorer than the experience you have working from home, why would you want to go into the office? Mm -hmm. And we see that very clearly in our data. So we've added a question to ask post-pandemic, how many days a week do you see yourself working in the office or, or remotely? We see a very clear correlation both between preference of days working back in the office and your experience of that office. If your experience of that office is poor, then you're more likely to want to stay more at home. You're thinking about changing your work. You'll be looking for places which offer you at least as good an environment as you are at home. So it sounds though employers would do well to make sure that the the environment support them as much as possible. If there's one thing that you'd like to add or, or mention, what would that be? I really do think that this is a great opportunity now to really revisit and have a think about how does your organization want to work going forward? Because homeworking or remote working has offered this new opportunity. It's also offered a new expectation from the employees. So the thing I really want to add is for every single organization to take the time now, if you haven't started already, to think about what are you going to have your workplaces or your office workplaces for going forward? And what does that mean? Do you need to change them in that case based on how they're going to be used in the future? So take the opportunity. The time to, to act is really now. Thank you. What a great way to end. Thank you.